Welcome to your favorite YouTube channel, Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Ed Piscor. I'm Jim Rugg. I'm Uncle Warren. And before you is a good sample of the great Alex Raymond uh, comics from Secret Agent X9 through Flash Gordon to uh, Rip, Rip Kirby. Kirby. But first, got to let you guys know that we are a daily YouTube channel and uh, more than 1,500 videos in the archives at this point. We may have talked about your favorites, so hit the magnifying glass on the front page of the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel. Give it a whirl, give it a search, and watch those episodes uh, where we might have talked about your faves if you, if you missed them before. We have a Patreon, and the King Kayfabers who support the Patreon get all the videos before anybody else. Uh, it mitigates the Kayfabe effect, so when we're talking about a comic, uh, that is uh, pretty sexy on the aftermarket. They're getting first dibs. Uh, so subscription pays for itself. Now, without further ado, Uncle Warren, drop some science on us. Well, we're, we're, here, we're gathered here today to talk about the great Alex Raymond. And Alex Raymond was born in 1909. Uh, at the age of 20, in the late 20s, he came to King Feature Syndicate. He worked on Tim Tyler's Luck. He helped Ghost Blondie. Mm -hmm. And... Um, King Features had him do the work for Dashiell Hammett's Secret Agent X-9, which was the, the first strip where he got his, he yeah. got his due. And he wasn't, he wasn't working with someone else, he was doing his own signed work. And Secret Agent X-9, it, it ran for a couple of years, I think only the first year was actually done by Dashiell Hammett, and then someone else did the second and third year. So this is where he, you know, he started to go ahead and get his chops in terms of a daily strip. But at that time, circa 1933, uh, King Features went to him and they said, hey, we would like to have something to, com to compete with Buck Rogers. And so he then developed the world-famous Flash Gordon, which we will go through some, we will go through some uh, examples here. This video is brought to you by the books that Ed Piscor and I make. Coming out this November, Street Angel, Princess of Poverty from Image Comics joins Street Angel, Deadly Squirrel Alive to complete my Street Angel collection. Hulk Grand Design, available where better comic books are bought and sold but running out. So pick that one up if you haven't already. And my self-published comics, True Crime Funnies, 1986 Zine, and BW Zine will be available on JimRug.com October 26th. Hip Hop Family Tree, The Omnibus, will be out in October Pre-order that one if you haven't already. Put your name on a copy before it is gone. X-Men Grand Design by Ed Piscor will be collected. All three volumes in one trade paperback in time for the holiday season. That's another one to pre-order. The X-Men Grand Design trilogy paperback. And Red Room Trigger Warnings, Anti-Social Network, and coming very soon, Crypto Killers. Pick these up wherever you buy comics. And now back to our video. So it started in early 1934. Uh, this example here is 1935. Um, Beautifully rendered, really fabulous stuff. Um, there's a lot of things that you see in here. Ming the Merciless. There was this whole concept in the 30s of the Yellow Horde coming over to invade the United States. Gee, that sounds awful familiar. Yeah. Okay, and so th that, that fear has not left. You can see everybody in yellow with Ming the Merciless. It's, yeah, it's crazy how the yellow ink like uh, holds up, especially in this, in this exact context. But uh, I linger on things like this exact pose we will see, like, like, you know, that's a very elegantly drawn, yes. muscular figure. And guys like Frazetta and Williamson, who really call back to Alex Raymond, Yes, they have done their own versions of, of that kind of uh, 
you know, sturdy, superheroic right. uh, figure. And he kind of is setting a template for what the superhero proportions are. This is 35. This 35, is four, right. four years before Superman. And uh, so much more advanced in terms of art. Think about what those Siegel and Schuster Superman comics look like. Pale in comparison. Yeah, Lou Fine is maybe the closest guy that could hit this kind of mark. Yes. I look at this and I wonder, like, this had to be one of the top strips of the day. Yes, it was. And what else was the competition, right? I mean, this is science fiction. It's the beautiful rendering. It's, it's kind of Valiant without a peer. Prince Valiant was the only one that could compare in terms of the art to here. Yep. Okay. And, and, and keep in mind that he's doing a Jungle Gym feature as well at this time. And you might think, okay, so uh, so what? You know, Dick Tracy is a whole page. He's doing a whole page. It's two different sets of reference. Yes. That that are required there. I remember interviews with John Romita Jr., who was doing Spider Man and Thor, and was like that that break point of like time to work on Thor comics, and now you got to bring out all kinds of weird other Viking uh, right. reference and stuff. That's a, that's a lag in your day. So it's kind of amazing that he was doing two supreme features that that beautifully rendered and and saw the light of day in other mass media. Yes. Yeah, so Jungle Jim was made into movies and uh, serials, and Flash Gordon was also made into serials. Uh, and it became much more popular than the, I'll, be, I'll say, crudely drawn Buck Rogers. Yeah. All right. Although the Buck Rogers stuff did give us this great design for spaceships and ray guns that even, he, even Raymond went ahead and stole from. Sure. So, so I'm just brought a sampling of pages. And speaking of uh, interesting pages, I love this one. Uh, there's a blinding flash of blue light as the rays from the guns of the rebel soldiers are harmlessly turned aside by the ray-proof armor of the advancing men. All right, so here they are, all in this great robot-looking armor, trying to defeat. You know, they they capture Flash Gordon, and there is Ming the Merciless. Very well, Dale Arden, you can have him in death. Proceed with the execution, <laughs> leaving you with the classic cliffhanger. Um, like a serial. Like a serial, and also like the Sunday pages. Totally. Uh, it's it's this round of stuff that you see these little pillars and things. This set of weeks uh, and with this background, uh, Alex Raymond cribbed a lot of this from the Tarzan comics that Hal Foster yeah. drew so, some years prior. Also with the things that we know about Raymond using the Artograph projector and you see these like same exact poses and stuff. You have to imagine that he placed and traced. Yes. Yeah, that's funny. Three, yeah, three the, of those the, guys. This one, this one, and this one are identical. Yeah, totally. Same and with even, the guy on the knee. And you're right. And you're right. Two of those. And even if they're bigger, you just put the projector higher or lower, and yeah, then sure. and then you just you uh, can change the perspective. Totally. And you know, here you've got your whole colonialist view of of Jungle Jim. Yes, this is the following week from this one. It's really fun because it's it's all mid shots. This is about as dynamic as we get, and it's not very. Like, you need a Jack Kirby to come along sometime later to, to show you what can be done with, with the dynamic levels. Yeah, it's a lot of what, whenever I would see, like, reprints of Golden Age comics would be similar in that way. And that, that's a lot of what my impression would be of that stuff, is it just isn't that exciting. You could imagine S Superman being traced off of that. Yeah, definitely. Sure. Yeah, definitely. It yeah, feels yeah. like a pose that would have been seen in Superman, even Batman. I actually think it's a, Batman yeah, I think pose. it's a, I think it's a Batman. And, um, speaking of comic books, gee, don't, this doesn't look like Hawkman. 
and it was and and I, I i love this page because it's got you know more flowers more background there's a lot more going on and these pages and and this rocket ship actually is not that far off from the buck rogers rocket ships that you would see it's true this is the stuff that this is the stuff that young uh al williamson and roy, yes. roy crankle right roy crankle, will right. build on top of in in their career with their little polka dotted lizards and stuff and and al williamson built this on top of the illustrator franklin booth ah all right so so booth did a number of these things in the 20s so a decade before that it it's this I, I should have brought that with me i apologize and for those of you that don't believe it could be hawkman well what is you know who is this right okay, it's both versions is, too uh, very much hawkman all right and so <laughs> down to the colors it could be almost Joe Kubert Hawkman. Yeah, that's that's straight up. <laughs> yeah, but now now think about the influences that the comics people got from here. Totally, uh, you know, Kubert could have been been around at this point. And I love this very well. Give give the stubborn fool fire. Give it to him till he crawls at my feet. Oh, she's kinky. Yep, she's a little <laughs> dominatrix. If he was a little younger, what would this be called, Jim? Boindage. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love the death's head. So I'm yes. Not okay feels very uh public domain right faucet, superhero type shits exactly but but the, this sequence is what gave us hawkman totally no sans or butts about it. now i see this pose and stuff and i'm like okay alex raymond's pulling a little bit from from uh, foster like yes, I, I, absolutely. I, I could, that's I could, prince valiant i could yeah. pull that image yeah uh, from a foster sunday makes total sense it's the sphere of influence man of it's sampling it's culture you, yeah. you take you take what's great from before and then you fucking expand on it and and you can see this difference so this is july 29th of 34 this is only five or six months later and you can see how he's how he's starting to change his line man and, and you see decisions being made right so we have these congested sequences with all these bodies and stuff and then you gotta leave some room for air like when you have to draw a whole bunch of horses you yeah. don't get too many backgrounds that week right yes yeah, yeah that's yeah. very true absolutely horses are and horses with unicorn things on them too man and speaking of foster like seeing how the the lettering is handled in several of these panels really moving in that direction even compared to the week before absolutely right or, or the, i guess maybe not it's the previous se week but... seven months difference yeah. and you, you can see how spared down you know well, you've only got this up here and all the rest of it is void of uh yeah of uh word balloons and then starting about 1937 38 he's he he stripped down even more so to speak right and all you got were these six panels but what great six panels they were much more dynamic he's he's getting more cinematic oh we're seeing close-ups and stuff like yes. it's completely different uh visually than what we have seen up to that point in these sample pages stage theater no, like uh, like theater cinema yes exactly yeah yeah absolutely and and this carried through i you know i have a couple examples here that are that are later and you know like what a great car i want that car and then look look at the scene in here the word bubbles word balloons are gone yeah and then this is a very architectural blueprint kind of lettering just yes. very vertical like straight up and down square proportions on the Leroy letters lettering sets is what we used to use yeah but, th but that's not, not this, this one yeah. no uh so you know these beautiful backgrounds that he was doing and this is basically the way it went up until mac Rayboy 
took over. And Mac would use that same format, right? Yes, like right. Joints. He would use the same one. And then there would be guys like Kurtzman and Dan Barry, I think, right? Like yes, like that. Yeah, Dan was... Dan Barry came in, I think, in the late forties. Yeah, it's remarkable how different these are from the first couple samples yeah. we looked at. Yeah, really, uh, really fabulous stuff. And once again, these really great rocket ships that, that they were doing. With some double lighting to it. Double. I wonder if the coloring, something changed too. Because like when he goes to this more paneled format like this, it feels like the color makes a dramatic change. Like these are wild colors and so was the previous page. Right. I almost want to look at those old ones again because these are probably like 100% mechanical separations. And those other ones might have had it some brush It feels like there's something like that. Like something changed to allow this kind of color. Or maybe to require it because because it's like well we're doing mechanical now so we have to have big broad shapes to cut out we can't be yeah f fiddling around with like uh, you know little stuff and and I want to point out something here so this is uh, April thirteenth forty one so World War Two has been underway for a year and a half as Ming's political prisoners flee the concentration camp right and so um, what what Raymond was doing was kind of mirroring mirroring the stuff that was going on in World War II in Flash Gordon at this time. Yeah. But it was it wasn't overt. It was almost subversive in the way he was doing it. But these key words, political prisoners, concentration camp, right? Ming flies to his con his concentration camp. And you know, the uh, Dachau and other ones were known at the time. The um, uh, uh, over in Russia, they had the gulags that were going on. Their version of the concentration camps. So, so he was making this this oh, subversive political statement in the middle of Flash Gordon at that time. Yeah, it's the best of uh, science fiction, right? Is, yes. Is you kind of can create something can fantastical using the current you know political climate of the day or social climate. Right. How like sexy edgy racy is our depiction here of our heroine yes like, that feels pretty kind of risque at this time Phantom lady. we we need to we need to uh, hold the the ruler from her knee up to her thigh to see if that's an acceptable <laughs> but i mean like even <laughs> you know your pose and everything it just feels yeah. like that's really uh, leaning into the pinup era and this is that era of raymond too where you know he this is some connecticut girl that he's like hey i'm alex raymond you want to come to the studio we'll take some photos yeah and so he did this, I think it was 43 or 44, he left it. Yeah. But in, in the interim, he did do some occasional illustration works. I want to show everybody. So one of the things he did was this, this cover, which um, to my knowledge has never been reprinted anywhere. And so here's Alex Raymond doing this thing, first anniversary of the United States Marine Corps Women's Reserve, uh, doing a straight commercial job. Right. Which and you're not used to seeing from him we see his we see his signature that's right and, and in the signature this says a lot and one of the things that it tells us is the low fidelity of the print like that yes. is fuzzy yes super fuzzy so uh we are not getting anything close to like what the, the the painted gig looks like but this is also a lot more of that place and trace kind of thing you know probably started off that that's the that's the big thing that you learn when you when you realize that all, a lot of this stuff is so posed and photographed and really just painting over top of photos in a lot of right. ways. You, you, you make, make the face look idealized uh, in, in you know, the, the fashion of the day and stuff. But he might have traced every single element of this, not taken away from the beautiful craft of doing the, the watercolor right. and, and things on top of gouache maybe. 
Well, I'm I'm sure he did it with the engine. You know, Absolutely. He had photographs. I'm sure he had photographs of the of the Wildcat. And, and I'm sure this is a photo. Yeah, too. yeah, absolutely. Or or he had the model there. Right. Okay. One one of those two. So so and this is forty four. So by this point, he was trying to get out of doing because he he had been doing it for a decade. A lot of these guys, it becomes an equity equity thing. They make a lot of money for the syndicates, and then they want to have a, something that they have more stake well, in. Well, and and around this time is when. Milton Kniff went from Terry and the Pirates to exactly. Steve Canyon. Exactly. It was almost exactly at the, you know, maybe a year or two later. So, and so this is an, an issue of Look Magazine. So this is October of 42. And in here is this big article about the creator Flash Gordon envisions the world's end. Now here's this, um, you know, picture of Raymond with his, with his two kids. Um, a photo I've never, I'd never seen outside of this. It's a great photo. And look how bored yeah, I was gonna the, say the yeah, kids right. are like he's making magic with the pen, and like they're like, I was playing with my dolls, and then yeah, you right, called me exactly. over to take this photo. I, I want to go play ball with my friends. <laughs> yeah. Okay, just extra, you know, extra. He really looks like a extra, extra. Yeah, just say leave me alone. Say it ain't so, Joe. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so uh, in in this particular issue, he did these great paintings so to speak look at that piece of propaganda right there jimmy yeah absolutely i want to join the army right there you know all of the uh technical know-how and so th th this is uh, basically the home front producing all of the weapons here you've got these really interestingly designed although nowhere near real life no. airplanes bombing the octopus of the axis that is that had taken over europe i could take these all this verbiage out and i can make a comic of of this yes yeah, yeah absolutely and um it's all the tropes all the he-man tropes and it's interesting these these thousands of planes now by 1942 the first thousand plane raid had already gone over germany mm. and those raids it would take like two hours so if you're standing in one place it took two hours for all the bombers to go over you mm. that that's how many bombers a thousand and you know it was really wide mm. So they would, you know, these thousand plane raids are, you know, unfathomable to us today, but this is basically what the sky would have looked like, just layer and layer of, uh, of uh, bombers. Imagine how terrifying that would be of the first the sound of those planes until it was just bombs. You know, you probably wouldn't even hear those planes for right. the second two hours. It's just yeah. bombs were going off. I was looking at these clouds and admiring, like, the, the wet-on-wet watercolor that yeah. they read as... They could be photorealistic, the clouds, yeah. but you look and you can see all the marks, you know? Like, it's just the technique, I guess, that... I like the waves you know, expert illustrator. Yeah, water's a bitch, man. It is. Yeah, it's it's not an easy one. Chemtrails? Yeah, that is something that's being dumped out of the back of that plane. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> they didn't care that much about pollution in the middle of World War II. So. Speaking about pollution, did you hear about that uh, That town in Italy just had an um, explosion of uh, two million gallon uh, uh, wine distillery? Oh, no, and and no. the, the town is just flooded with <laughs> wine and, and they're trying to divert it from touching the water. And oh, yeah, sure. And they have to figure out what it's going to do to the dirt in, oh. in the town now. Okay, wow. I, I got to look up that article. Yeah, That's yeah. great. And then, oh, you watch the videos. And then it finishes with his Alex Raymond's vision of peace in the post-war world. The other thing that stands out to me is we're looking at a, um, what, 80-year-old publication. That color is absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Well, the, these old magazines, the printing was fabulous. Yeah. It, it was just, and, you know, you had this 
thick ink on these big rollers and when it hit this kind of paper it would just stick yeah it makes sense there was a there was a black and white strip in alex raymond in the beginning of this article and i thought is that the nicest one of his strips right. have been printed up to that point you know very sharp and yeah great paper. very rich but the color here is just incredible yeah you go through all these old magazines the inside of the magazines in particular and then the printing especially a lot of this well there's actually one right here you can just get an idea of this is incredible I, yeah I, it really is i love i love that like process red ink and instead of black going with you know a dark blue it's that, really good that's a fantastic aesthetic and yeah. you pointed out the out of uh registration on the cover of this but there would be like red like one color red you know and it's perfectly sharp there's text in it both backed out as well as printed and it's sharp and that's how you get around it you know right. you run a one color ink for something with lettering like this right. you know super razor sharp letters because it's one color but look at that man everything yeah. is done yeah. by hand right so like you could see the cuts yep but you know you, you look at the shading i mean anyway these these edge you that's a whole other discussion <laughs> it, it's also like because i can imagine bill elder doing the kayfabe ad yeah you know, sure like, yeah, yeah. The, the mad magazine joint it looks exactly like that stuff yeah <laughs> So, so there's that, and then the last thing. You no, know, so, this is pretty freaking incredible. A, a, after he did, um, after he did uh, uh, Flash Gordon, he went and developed um, Rip Kirby, and this is a promotional item that was sent out by the syndicate. This was sent out, I think, in 1948, and in here, you would get examples. So here are printer's proofs. Of like a week's worth of strips? Uh, I think a little more than a week's worth of strips. Because see, available six times a week in four and five columns. So this was a daily only strip. One, two, three, four, five, six. So this is a week. And then here's another week's worth. So when they would say four and five columns, it would be up to the newspaper if they wanted to reduce what size they would run it at. Yes, exactly. See, that should have never been allowed. That's probably how you start to see strips being reduced. You give that newspaper too much uh, totally. freedom on it. Well, also what they would do is is that some strips you could get it in full page tabloid, half page tabloid, full page broadsheet, half page, and third page broadsheet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you would pick which way you wanted to do it, and they would cut, they would rearrange the panels as yeah. needed. Okay. Yeah, and so, there would be the, the knifts where he's drawn an extra quarter inch on the outside. To how amazing is this? Whenever you throw the six, you know, throw a week's worth together. Yeah. But what it looks like is like a page of comics, like having like a close up in here. You know, like watching those early, the, the, the early strips that we were looking at where it's like everybody's a mid shot. Yeah, sure. And now yeah. you get to this point and it's like we got everything. We can do panels without people in it. We can do close ups. We can do the long shot. It really works now as like this could be a page in terms of your eye moves around, there are focal points, and right. it's fantastic. Still reasonably early. It is a comic too, so it's not just those uh, mm -hmm. those captions and things. Uh, still reasonably early. This is 1947, so it's not that far after right. he was doing that strip. Now, he worked on this for the rest of his life, I think. Yeah, until until he died in 56, I think it was. Um, and the, the levels of rigor just just continue to grow and stuff i think i see some nightingale lines jimmy yeah i was looking at those too hard, <laughs> hard, hard to not see that you know what's what's funny too is that uh we look at this as, as like a page of comics and i think that raymond and the comic strip men would be very insulted by comparing oh, sure. uh, yes, th right. this stuff to to yeah. comic books yeah no no definitely not comic books because comic strips were here they, yeah. they, they were up comic books were always this the lowest level of them all because strips by particularly by the 40s was you know you had 
you know, Dick Tracy and um, all of these other great strips that have been around 15, 20 years that were American institutions. Yeah. Little Abner. And, and so, and this is really nice, as you say, to see how dynamic they were, he was from day to day. And he didn't have to do this because, you know, he could have just gone, you know, three panels a day, four panels a day, and just, just done it that way. But he decided not to do that. You know, it's that top guy, and like the, those those guys have that sense of competition. You know, like they're looking at the Kniffs yeah. and they're looking at whoever is the other top guys, and it's like, you do have to do this right. if you want to sure. be that top guy. Right. You know, I'm looking at it too, and just admiring like some of the line variation, where like you have line that's describing shadows and things, right? And how do we do that? And maybe it is a nightingale line, but you also have like patterns and you know plaids and things where like the line is being used for every single thing that we see. Here. No, there's no zips right. and it's fantastic the range that he's able to bring out of it yeah you could still a lot you know because like the stuff i've been working on lately it's it's there's no no real zip or anything all the grays are by hand so like getting stuff like mm -hmm. you know that texture for um the curtains is pretty fascinating yes the guy's pants well i was I, admiring the sheen on like the bow you know like yeah, you're doing right. something that's satiny or something that has that like shiny quality and um he worked on Tilly the Toiler, and Tilly the Toiler every day had a different dress on, uh, and and you would not repeat that dress design two days in a row. Um, and and th this is really nice because you see it's reproduced really well. These blacks are black, mm -hmm. um, so you really get an appreciation for his line work here, as opposed to seeing it on newsprint or even second generation reprint. Here's here's a question that I have, man, and and uh, maybe you know the answer. Maybe somebody in the audience does. Jeet here. Uh, can can a news so this gets sent to a newspaper and ostensibly it's for the editors to just to just figure out like what they want to subscribe to for their for their comic features. Now, do you have to buy a package of stuff from from King Features and and like you know some also rans get stuffed in there, no, or well, can you pick and choose individually every single strip? Well, you you can you can pick and choose because I've got examples of, for instance, entire comic sections. Where there's stuff there from Chicago Tribute Syndicate, King Feature Syndicate, NEA Syndicate. No, I get that. Yeah. I get that. But I'm saying if you buy Rip Kirby, do you have to take... Oh, oh, whether or not there was that kind of Tim, packaging. Tim Tyler yeah, or that, something. That I don't know. That I don't know. Jeet, if you're out there, let us know. <laughs> and also, uh, one other thing, just because we're looking at it. Like, you see this. You see this. You can't help but think of the great Baldo Smudge. Uh, success story Al Williamson joint that he did with Archie Goodwin in the horror uh, Warren books. And if you're not familiar with it, we do have a video on it. Good <laughs> luck finding it. <laughs> um, so, and and in addition to this, they also gave a couple of plates. Oh man, payola baby. Okay. So, this is so incredible that you have this. How Warren. many of these have survived? That's what I'm saying. It, um, this might be the only one. There, it it may be. It's unclear. Wow. So. So he did. Dude, this gives me ideas for promote my, my thing. Like when it comes closer to uh, the new year, putting up some provocative images. Yes. They, these are just phenomenal. One. Yeah, aren't these great? And so he, he clearly picked them and drew them. It's unclear whether or not these are actually in any of the strips. There's no words or nothing. Like they look like they're done, you know, for this purpose. I, I, I think you may be right. Man, it makes me wonder, like, are lobby cards a thing at this point for movies? Because it yes, feels yeah, like that, you know, it yeah. feels like you're really... Lobby cards have been since, like, day one. Um, so, so this was an extra added thing. Now, 
what's interesting is is that, is that there is not any kind of detail sheet about what's you know pricing or anything. So the only thing you've got here available six times a week, no ordering information or anything like that. Right. Is this complete? Uh, it looks complete to me, but you know you just don't know, and I've never seen another one. But th these two panels in particular, I just yeah, this is so evocative, so much like very honest emotion in that guy's face. Like he looks really scared. Do you know where his stuff is archived? No, I don't. No. I mean, it's got to be out there. Like some institution must have like all of his archives, right? You always start in Connecticut and work your way. Yeah, through, sure. Yeah, uh, yeah, somewhere yeah, absolutely. Else. So this is, uh, anyway, I figured uh, people would want to see a little bit of a treat. Blunt Nightingale line. It's it's amazing what he does with, with the lines. And to go from that to, like, the finest line on that ankle, and you know that's a brush line. Yeah, totally. I see some Nightingales there, by the way. But then, you know, like, that's that's a Kniff hand. Mm -hmm. There's yeah. a Kniff in there a little yeah, bit. Yeah, sure, absolutely. It's fun to see him solve that problem of, like, what's the guy up close look like? Right. What's that What's that fine, you know, the super fine line look at if we're doing a foot fetish in the foreground? <laughs> and, you, you know, you got to make that heavier line. It's 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 wild. And to think, like, this whole thing is probably one tool. Like, that's, yeah. that's the beauty of the yeah. brush is, like, you can do one stroke here, and then you can do these fine atmospheric lines in the yeah. back with the same tool. Look at the level of thought, dude. One missing bullet. Yep. And you see that the is, light coming good. off of the bullets in there. Yep. You know, the rounded tips. Yep. Nope. Great. What what a draftsman. Well. What an ink slinger. I'm this is you guys great. Like Thank you for bringing this, Warren. Absolutely. I'm, I'm thrilled to see this. As a matter of fact, besides myself, you're the only, well, now, cartoonist Kayfabe Nation. I've never shown this to anybody at my collection. Nice. For whatever the reason may be. Have you had it for a long time? Oh, I've had it for it's probably six or seven years. Do you remember? Least. Do you remember how you got it? Was it an auction? Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it was in an auction. Um, and I don't remember if it was eBay or Heritage, but it was one of those things I've never seen that before. Yeah. You know, and yeah. When, when I run into it, never, you know, I've never seen that before. It's like, okay, I'm just going to put in a bid. But it wasn't that. It was like a hundred bucks or oh, something. Oh yeah, like that's that. a steal. So you know, it's one of those you just shrug your shoulders and throw your money at them because you're never going to find another one. I'd be surprised if someone doesn't contact you with an offer. To... <laughs> I've had that happen. <laughs> <laughs> Warren, I saw this. Would you take, in fact, Little Nemo in Slumberland, The Walking Bed, a uh, picture was put up on Facebook, and I get a, uh, I get a Facebook message for some, for, from some tech bro in New York. Would you take $2,500 for it? And I'm like, what the fuck's the matter with you? Okay, <laughs> What makes you think I'm going to sell it? Yeah, I got offers for, for my big Miracle Man book. Yeah, so same type thing. Anyhow, um, I'm glad that uh, I was able to share this with everybody. Thank you so much, Warren. There you have it, man. Amazing Alex Raymond overview. Kayfabers, like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell so that we can notify you when new videos are available. We're a daily YouTube channel with an archive of nearing uh, 1,500 videos. Uncle Warren was with us for about 35, 40 of these uh, videos. So dig through the archives. You might find a bunch of good stuff you dig. We have a Patreon. And the King Kayfabers on the Patreon get access to all the videos before anybody else mitigates the Kayfabe effect. When we show off uh, something uh, super rare, and uh, there's very few in the aftermarket. It's the Kings who get uh, first dibs, and we thank them very much for their support. They also have access to this live stream recording session so they can watch us while we're doing our thing. Ultimately, the videos are brought to you by the books that we make. Before you is a big sample of uh, the books that we have out on the stands today, but we're always working our butts off, and uh, we have a big year left to go here in 2023, which is pretty fun considering that the year is nearly done. The Hip Hop Family Tree Omnibus is coming to you in mid-October. 
it's the uh, 10 year anniversary of hip hop family tree 50th anniversary of hip hop as a culture and with this 500 plus page book I'm giving you 150 pages of material not in those first four volumes so this is the ultimate statement this is the best book I ever made uh, far more than three quarters of the print run is accounted for at this point so I need you guys to uh, put your name on it right now if, if you want a copy or you have somebody in your life that uh, wants would, would, would enjoy that as a present X-Men Grand Design Trilogy trade paperback is coming out in November and this is going to accumulate all of my X-Men Grand Design works into one handy dandy trade paperback edition. Some of these books are out of print so get your hands on it and you'll be able to uh, enjoy all my X-Men Grand Design work. Red Room has been the focus for the past couple of years. There are two trades out right now, Anti-Social Network and Red Room Trigger Warnings. We're gearing up for a third trade paperback. It's called Crypto Killers and it's coming out in January so scrape together your uh, your 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 Christmas money or your Hanukkah money and uh, pledge it toward uh, the final volume of Red Room which happens to be the best volume Jimmy what do you have going on Street Angel Princess of Poverty it is now time for you to pre-order this in your local comic shop it'll be out in November it collects all of the Street Angel comics that are not in Deadly Scroll Live also available from Image Comics and these are designed to be a set so if you don't have both, get both, but do let your store know to order copies of Princess of Poverty now so we know how many of those to print. The Hulk Grand Design is basically out of print at the distribution level, which means if it's in your local comic shop, please pick it up and add it to your collection because once these are gone, they may be gone forever. Uh, Marvel does not keep stuff in print, so there's your heads up. This is going to get more and more scarce moving forward. I have been self-publishing lately. My latest self-published zines, the BW zine and the 1986 zine celebrating the black and white explosion and the greatest year in comics history, as well as True Crime Funnies, my anthology of nonfiction stories, including a couple of wrestling comics. These are all going to be for sale October 26th on my website, jimrug.com. I am putting together all of my various uh, bits and pieces for that sale. It's basically going to be my holiday fall sale. So mark that on your calendar. October 26th, you'll be able to pick these up directly from me. If you can't wait till then, join me on patreon.com slash jimrug, where I have a lot of out-of-print zines and mini-comics that you can download and read the moment you join. Now, to break kayfabe, uh, whenever we do these kind of videos where we got to stand up and crowd around a thing, we got to crowd around a single microphone, and we're standing in very close quarters. And I want to thank uh, you and Uncle Warren for... Never accidentally smacking each, anybody in the dick with, with your hand as we're standing here because there were a couple close calls and I got kind of nervous. I thought you were going to compliment our hygiene. <laughs> that too, that too, that too. Uh, but you're taking a look at the books before you. There are some ways to support the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel directly. Jimmy, let the people know. You can subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe e-newsletter at the links below this video. We will keep you up to date on what we're doing and where we're going to be. You can also pick up Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts, merchandise, hats, mugs, fanny packs, stickers, and lots more from our spread shop. That link is under this video in the show notes as well. There you have it, guys. A bunch of ways to support the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel to keep these videos coming to you on a regular basis. Jimmy, please give them the final marching orders so that we can be on our way. Read more comics.